Welcome to Your Creative Chord Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Lee Hodgins. If you'd like to explore creativity, hear about other creators, or get more inspiring stories to empower you, Your Creative Chord Podcast is the place to be. If you'd like to explore creativity, hear about other creators, or get more inspiring stories to empower you, please join me at yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. That's yourcreativechord, C-H-O-R-D, dot com, forward slash, get inspired here. Today's episode features my chat with a young, up-and-coming British female composer. After connecting through the Women Composers Collective Facebook group last fall, I spoke with young composer Kezia Tomset of Reading, England. Tomset had just finished her BA music degree at the University of Leeds. I was interested in hearing from her as a recent graduate and young female composer. I was especially intrigued that she'd done her dissertation on why there aren't many women film composers. Let's dive into our conversation with England-based composer Kezia Tomset. This is a great idea of yours. No, thank you. I'm I'm really excited about this. As you stated to me, mm. you know, finding other women who are getting into composing as a career has been rare. First, I want to welcome you to your creative chord. And I'm so excited to talk to Kezia Tomset from Reading, England. And so we are we're talking from completely the opposite, you know, sides of the world right now, because I'm in Kentucky in America. So I love it. You're a new uh, composer of music that, that you have graduated Congratulations, by the way. You finished a degree, uh, a bachelor degree in music at the University of Leeds. Is that correct? Yeah. And you yeah. mentioned in this, um, in your response to some of the questions I sent you that, you know, because I asked you a little bit about your musical background and, and I'll go into that um, in a blog. I'll put the link at the bottom of this show so people can, you know, read more about your background, because we're going to dive into some other topics today. But you mentioned in that that piano is your instrument. Your dad taught you initially, and he loves music and inspired you. And you got, um, and then you got a teacher from grade level three forward. And then, of course, you zoom forward, and you're a new yeah. graduate with a degree in um, music. And But I have a question about this, because I'm not from England. I'm American. I am a pianist myself, and I taught piano for many years. Mm. But I don't know anything about the England, the British system for piano. So I hear a lot of people talk about grade three or whatever. Can you tell me what yeah. that system is? Yeah. I don't know. Tell me what it means. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, that's fine. There's um, different boards and it's kind of just like levels um, and grades. And once you hit a certain grade, you can start getting points towards your university degree. Wow. Um, So that's grade six, seven and eight, I think, that count towards degree. Uh, So that's great. Um, It's an extra bonus. Um, Really? Yeah, it's just a performance exam, um, usually with some sort of oral test as well um with it um yeah and it grades you on your instrument that's really a wonderful system that you even get credit towards your college degree yeah it's fabulous we should model our system hear that america (laughs) after the british (laughs) Uh, i'll say no more about that i want to let my listeners know that just a little bit about you you've got some really great training under your belt and you're now launching into 
you know, you want to build a career in film scoring and you actually got to do a year in the industry with WMP Studios in Leeds and you were able to do that as part of your degree. Is that correct? Yeah. So it's a year in industry. It's between my second and third year where you could just spend a year working. Um, I think you could just do whatever, so long as it's just to do with music. But obviously I wanted some practical experience in that. And honestly, it was the most valuable part of my degree that I could have done. It sounds like a dream. (laughs) So great. So how did you, did the school help you find WMP Studios or did you find that work on your own? How did you get in there? Yeah. Um, so the school do help with finding uh, placements. Okay. Uh, this one is just, I actually knew one of the guys who worked there already. Oh. Um, so he very kindly managed to get me in for just to kind of meet the team. Um, and I think, yeah, it just just felt right. And uh, I heard back from them at the end of May, just before I started my, uh, I finished my second year. Um, and yeah, started with them in September of my. Wow. So it's year. it's good to know people. That's the point of yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's so weird. Like just these connections just like pop out of nowhere, and it's just like yeah, it was great. Well, you know, it's funny. I know you say that these these opportunities, these relationships pop out of nowhere, but I'm the more I talk to creative people that get opportunities like this. I just spoke to another composer today in L.A. named Kristen Baum, and she's a film scoring composer out there. And again, things seem to drop into her lap, but like you had this opportunity, you know, meeting the right person to connect you there. But I don't think it's coincidental. I think you guys are actively, you know, (laughs) making good causes and you're working, you know, you're doing the work and it, you make that cause and you get the effect of it. That's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so, I think uh, part of it is you're just talking about um, what you love as well. And when you've got mutual yes. interest with people, that just comes up in conversation. And, yes. you know, things like this can come from those conversations. Yeah, because they feel your heart, they feel your passion, yeah. and you all have the same kind of urge to create so it's a wonderful blend there through WMP studios you collaborated with them on you got to write music for film like tv ads and sound design and library tracks did your university degree prepare you for creating sound design or working uh, toward writing music for ads or was this the you know did you have some kind of preparation for that or was this just a (laughs) hands-on throw you in there and learn Good question. Um, <laughs> to be honest, yeah, um, it's kind of my. I think my uni course prepared me in other ways. So, I, for example, before starting this placement, I'd never used Logic before, and that was uh, the program they used to compose on. Ooh. So that was a kind of quick learning process there, yes. which is great and very valuable. Yeah. Um, but modules such as the composition module at my university. Um, was good in terms of helping me think outside of the box. We do an electroacoustic module that mm. can, I feel like I use many of those skills to in, in sound design mm-hmm. stuff to just kind of think about, it's more about sound composition and how you can manipulate sound. So that just kind of creative thinking when it comes to sound. I love was that. really helpful. Yeah. I have to say you are light years ahead of me because I went to college probably, you know, 
three lifetimes before you were born. And <laughs> and when I stu- <laughs> when I studied the electronic music, you know, section of my I got a degree in music composition as well in University of South I- Florida. And when they when they taught that to me, it went right in one ear and out the other ear. I, <laughs> like, I didn't understand any of that stuff. So oh. so the the fact that you could grasp that and then use it. Of course, now we yeah. have, you know, digital audio workstations like Logic that are a little mm. more user friendly. What you're saying is that if, if I'm hearing you correctly, is that your university studies gave you a foundation. And then basically when you got this, I guess I would call it an internship, right? Yeah. You basically had to just learn on the fly. You just had to learn by doing it, right? Yeah. And that works for me. I'm very much a kinesthetic learner. So for me, just like I need to be thrown in the deep end, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was great. It was fabulous. Yeah. It's a wonderful way to learn. I, I bet your skills are phenomenal as a result, a whole year doing that. So you're really ready. I hope. One of the things that really struck me about you um, is that you addressed this issue we're going to dive deep into today about (laughs) how you wanted to investigate the fact that there weren't very many women at like you would attend events and conferences that were related to music composition or whatever. And you didn't see very many women there. So you learned there was very clearly a lack of women at these events and even a lack of, as you said, published literature researching the area of women composers, especially in this era of me too. And uh, without saying too much, the political climate of the day, people Mm. want to know about this. (laughs) Yeah. For your dissertation, you did your own research Mm. on this topic and you reached out to eight women that were yeah. writing to film. How did you determine which women, first of all? How did you find <laughs> who were these women? <laughs> Where did they come from? Um, yeah, so uh, the dude who ran WMP Studios, uh, his name is Benjamin McAvoy, and he was really helpful in helping me uh, find women who wrote to film because he was really passionate about there not being enough women in the industry. And that inspired me as mm-hmm. well. That kind of made me realize, and actually, yeah. It, it is okay to talk about this you know it shouldn't just be the elephant in the room thank you Um, thank you exactly (laughs) it's not an awkward thing like we should be talking about it right um so he then put me in touch with a company called management date which are a publishing company yeah um actually i'm currently doing an internship with them right now which is awesome but that's another um (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah so they have an amazing roster of women who write to film and who they also represent. So I got in contact with uh, the women who work there and they were able to give me some names. And I just, yeah, I just sent out a bunch of emails, um, which some of them led on to other people. One of my tutors at uni was able to put me in touch with a couple of women as well. And that was really cool. Um, A couple of the people who were in the books who wrote um, I was able to get in contact with as well, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, just people lead on to other people and conversations happen. And I don't, it's just a snowball effect. It's crazy. Did you meet with them personally or did you converse through email? Um, I, yeah, seven out of eight of them I was able to meet in person. One of them doesn't live in England. So we had a Skype, first of all, um, 
it's just great to be able to be face to face with someone, especially when it's a topic like this that can be a bit more sensitive. Uh, right. So it's great to be able to read body language as well. Um, I had a phone call with everyone before I met them just to establish an initial conversation, uh, initial relationship with them. Um, so that when we actually met in person, it was hopefully a bit less awkward for them mm-hmm. and they could just be a bit more calm and a bit more open with mm. what they wanted to say because I wanted to get exactly what they wanted to say, you know. That's very empathetic. That's a wonderful way to yeah. put people at ease. Yeah. 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 And you mentioned that through that, somehow through that process, you were welcomed into something called the Women Composers Forum. What is that? Yeah. I mean, it's just been amazing. So the Women Composers Forum has been set up by a lady called Jenna Fentiman, who also works at Manners McDade. And it's just an amazing community of women who write music, uh, specifically to film, but I think also some other bits here and there as well. And, and they're based in England, somewhere in London? Based in or? England, yeah. It's, okay. The Women Composers Forum is in London, Okay. Um, and a lot of them are based there, but people come from all over the country, really. There's from Bristol, from, I was in Leeds, um, from, yeah, from around the country. And it's just really cool to be able to meet with these women who I very much see as role models as well. Yes. Um, and to hear their stories, they do workshops where you can learn from uh, these amazing women. Um, and yeah, it's just about kind of creating an even playing field, but just having open conversations and yeah, just a safe environment to be in. It's so nice to hear of a story like this where you're in the same room with a bunch of women who are all composers. It's almost like unreal. It's (laughs) it's so great. And it's funny because, like I said, I mentioned, I was just talking to a woman composer, Kristen Baum, in L.A., Mm -hmm. and she mentioned a very similar experience in our conversation. She is in L.A., and there's a group there called the Alliance for Women uh, com- women film composers and yeah. the the origin of that group started with this one meeting there was a woman involved in tv in in la who instigated this first meeting and and um kristen baum the lady i was talking to went to that meeting much like you going to the women composers forum and she went to this alliance alliance of women film composers and it was she was describing how amazing that was to be in a room with all these women because she didn't realize there were other women composers that's how (laughs) rare it is to see that yeah and they were all in the same room so did you have kind of a similar feeling yeah yeah it was just really really cool to be able to sit alongside um women who were already working in the industry um especially as I was kind of fresh out (laughs) well still at uni at this point um but yeah, it's just really cool to be able to sit alongside my role models as well. You're listening to Your Creative Chord Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Lee Hodgins. If you love this content, please join my mail list at yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. That's yourcreativechord, C-H-O-R-D, yourcreativechord.com forward slash Get inspired here. No spaces in between anything. And if you join my mail list, you will be the first to know of new content. Plus, you'll get my free checklist of top 10 things to help you reach your goals. Whether you're a creator or looking to explore your creative side, this checklist will help you prioritize and focus for results. 
That's yourcreativecord.com forward slash get inspired here. Back to the interview. And because you just don't, I never really thought of it as an issue. I didn't really clock that it was an issue until I started working in the industry, going to events and not seeing women um, working there or just being represented. And then to come into a room where there are just loads of women uh, who all are amazing composers. It's just really special. Yeah. You mentioned that your dissertation, quote, was an amazing way to connect with people in the industry. Mm. And are you talking specifically about these women composers? Yeah, specifically, yeah. Uh, But also just to actually just to get involved in the industry generally. Um, It's been, I feel like a really safe environment for me starting out as well, just to, I feel like I've got a group of mentors, you know, (laughs) like it's great. I've got people who are advising me and people Mm -hmm. who are just like, people look over my music. I've sent off whips to my friends now and like, brilliant. um, (laughs) CV and just like encouraging me and supporting me and advising me where to go. So that's really cool. This is, uh, if anyone's listening to this that wants to get into film composing, do a dissertation and go talk to people. (laughs) Seriously, that's, and and really it boils down to, you know, it is about relationship building and Mm. what you did was really very intelligent the way you I mean you you were doing it to address an issue and to do finish your schooling but at the same time it's I guarantee that's going to allow you to get your foot in the door because you've met all these people they're already mentoring you so yeah (laughs) and I had no idea that would happen you know so wonderful wow so the question I wanted to ask now is on the topic of the numbers of women composers because this is kind of the topic of of your dissertation well what is what is the specific topic of your dissertation let's ask that first yeah so it's the title is um i'm just a female composer um and it's looking specifically at women writing to film and looking at reasons why there aren't that many women and just the attitudes towards and, and from women in the industry right now okay thank you on the topic of the numbers of women composers, you shared with me that you think it's ingrained in society that women are not composers. I think it's, yeah. this is your quote, I think it's due to education and the opportunities we offer children before university. I think it's also due to the increased reliance on technology in the industry. And many mm-hmm. studies show that young women has have less opportunities to learn to use technology, end quote. Well, what do you think are the things that can be done to increase opportunities and the mindset for more women composers? Yeah, that's a big question. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, yeah, it's got to start with even, I think, down to the toys that children play with, like not just assuming that, oh, gaming's for boys, like the more tech-focused us for the boys and the more dull stuff for girls, like just being really open to what kids want to explore right. and play with. Um, you know, just for example, when my younger sister was in hospital a couple of years ago, she's fine. But Thank um, you. Good, good. Round to ask what toys they want to play with. She asked the boy next to her, oh, you can, do you want to play with puzzles, uh, cars? And then she comes to my sister and the question is, do you want some drawing or some dolls? Like, mm-hmm. Very specifically gender-based. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's even just down to that kind of gendering, going into the school curriculum that I don't know about America, but in the UK, 
the majority of the composers on the curriculum are male. Mm-hmm. And that's it's, already it's same here. It. Yeah. yeah, it's ingraining it from the very beginning. Like you just don't, some may not realise it, but it does create an image of what a composer looks like in a child's mind. You're saying start with kids and and be a little more broad-minded or, or open-minded yeah. about don't just don't just categorize them men uh, boys get to play with trucks and and techie yeah. things and girls get to play with dolls <laughs> you know open it up yeah. a little bit let them figure out what they're interested in rather than yeah. forcing it upon them mm. right yeah definitely and then I think it goes into further education as well you know and just in terms of courses and um like encouraging younger girls as well to pursue um more tech-based courses or um because a lot of music now relies on technology with right. um, software like Logic and Cubase and all that. Right. I think that is part of it. Um, just from the interviews that um, I had, um, and yeah, just creating communities like the Alliance for Women Composers, the Women Composers Forum. I think that's really important and just encouraging confidence. Because as women, I feel like often we can be. A lot less confident which is another theme that came up a lot in my dissertation and a lot more apologetic in our demeanor um which is just something that uh the women i interviewed said um it's universal but, yeah. it's definitely yeah. yeah even in terms of using the word just in a lot of sentences like oh i'm just a, a composer or mm, i'm just doing you know, yeah yeah, I think there's a lot of that and I think that needs to be cut out <laughs> me too here here you have yeah. my full support Cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is interesting that you're in England and I'm in America and I see the exact same thing. You know, yeah. you know it's just, um, and it's uh, even so ingrained that I, it, as far as my perspective goes, that women, even including myself, we don't even recognize that we're holding ourselves back because yeah. it's so yeah. expected as a norm, as a cultural norm. You know. Yeah, definitely. And I'm definitely guilty of that as well. <laughs> How do you think we can um, be a little more proactive about, um, how do I say, changing that mindset? Other mm. than, you know, we mentioned f- from children, you know, from the age mm. of children and how we're training them. And you're talking about encouraging more women to try more tech-related, or I would add science-related, math-related, you know, courses, yeah. Yeah. rather than steering them into more, um, or I should say less techie science math things. Mm. And you mentioned the communities like like um, Alliance for Women Film Composers. There aren't very many of those kinds of communities yet. They're just kind of starting. What other things do you think we as individuals can do mm. to change that mindset? Did you get to any, I mean, did you talk about any of this kind of thing with the women that you interviewed? Yeah, we did talk about it. And a lot of the response was um, just to talk more about it. To, hey, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, to, I think we're at, we're at a really good place at the moment, actually, in that it's with the Me Too movement and with yes. all these events. Uh, groups now popping up we are talking a lot more about it and it is becoming something that's not viewed um as awkward to talk about like it's becoming a recognized issue and I think we can talk about it until the cows come home but like we have also got to act on that and it's just figuring out what the next steps are 
after highlighting the issue um then to make it the norm like do we it's that kind of whole weighing weighing up one of the questions I asked was how much do you think that being a women composer or a female composer is becoming a selling point um and it's weighing up how much do we need to overrepresent women and how much do we need to just um shout about this issue but make it so it becomes a norm like how do we get to that point you know what I mean yes yeah it's interesting I have a I probably shouldn't talk about this because I don't really want any of my content to go political. But as an American, yeah. I am, let me just say, incredibly embarrassed and ashamed of my country <laughs> sometimes <laughs> with the kinds of leadership that we have. Because, And a lot of the people that I know are very frustrated with the kind of, you know, America made a lot of progress since the 60s for women's rights. We feel like we've kind of gone backwards like 50 years in the past, you know, two or three years with politically the climate that's that's kind of, what I want to say, slanderous towards women and and acceptable of that. It's it's shocking to to the people that have worked so hard to create more of equality to feel like we've taken a step backwards. Yeah, not a, like a leap backwards. It's interesting to me that, you know, I talk to a lot of male composers through, I'm an admin admin of some Facebook groups that are specific to composers. And I remember having the, uh, in this kind of conversation came up in one of those groups. Some of them were having a dialogue about this topic, about how, you know, women have been kind of held back and even more abused in, in situations. Mm -hmm. And some of the men in this group have responded kind of the pendulum swinging to the complete opposite side and they they think that you know they stated that we shouldn't make a big deal about whether it's women or men and of course this is a white man talking so he hasn't he hasn't had any of these yeah. battles really and he even went some of them went further to say things like he feels as a white man that he's now being oppressed because of all this talk, the Me Too talk and all the women. Uh, yeah. At least, at you know, the moral of this story is at least we are voicing it. At least it's yeah. being talked about and we're shaking things up. It's very clear, at least in America, that things are kind of split 50-50. So we're in a good place, as you said, with the Me Too movement. And it's kind of an aggressive topic, I think, at least as an American with what's going on in my country, you know, but it's not just about women composers. It's about women universally, you know, mm. who we are and, and what our opportunities are and how, how we can not level the playing field, but how can women pursue creative fields or any kind of field confidently without feeling like they're going against the grain you know mm. Mm. so uh, what are some of the things that you know does this resonate at all with some of the conversations that you had with these women about yeah you know, yeah did they mention anything about how they have been um held back or felt yeah kind of the door not opening for them yeah <laughs> one of the main things um that was kind of recurring actually in almost all eight of my interviewees was uh, having felt patronized at some point or um, 
was put down for being a woman. Um, one of the women I interviewed said it, she went through a blind pitching process and she turned up to visit this director and they took a good few minutes to recover once they saw that she was a woman um, wow. sat down with her um, asked her if she'd seen a cue sheet before and everything like all this kind of stuff there's all this ingrained right. um, thinking um, that we just have to combat but and I think the way to deal with that is just to talk about it openly because when we acknowledge that it's there then hopefully then we'll see there's a need for change when- so there's that feeling Sorry. No, you go. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. So there's the feeling of apologeticness, having to kind of feel that as a woman we're intruding on um, men's territory. You know, a lot of the women I interviewed said that um, the studio was seen as a man's arena. There was a lot of, even the language that was used was very much, um, someone described it as a male bastion, having to fight for a place in the studio um, so it's combating ideas like that, actually saying um, that, yeah, I'm a woman, but that doesn't mean I can't, you know, sit in a studio and twiddle some dials and all that, you know, right. like our gender shouldn't come into it at all. And yet it, it really does, even in terms of personality and confidence and adapting our behavior when we're around men or women, like right. it comes into it and it shouldn't. Thanks for listening to Your Creative Chord Podcast. I'm Jenny Lee Hodgins. I'd like to thank my guest, composer Kezia Thompson. To find out more about her music or hire her as a film composer, find Kezia Thompson on Twitter or Instagram. Those links are in the show notes below. This is episode one of a two-part interview. Check out episode two in the show notes below. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help me by leaving a review on iTunes or share this link with your social media. You can also forward the link to this podcast by email to your friends. Thanks for helping spread the word so your Creative Chord podcast can continue bringing you inspiring interviews and stories. And if you loved this content, please join my mail list at yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. You'll be the first to know of new content, plus you'll get my free checklist of top 10 things to help you reach your creative goals. If you want to explore creativity, hear about other creators, or get inspiring stories to empower you, please join me at yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.